0: And welcome back to the film reel cast, where if you're old enough, go back to 1989. The best we had of Batman was the uh, slightly cam- 60s Batman series, Holy Moly Robin. And then comes this dark Tim Burton film. Wait till you get a load of us. This is Batman. Hi, guys. Hey, Hello, mate. See,
1: like that? that's fairly professional. I like Couldn't that. Fuck up.
0: Thank you. That was nice. really good.
1: I was waiting for you to fall over your own tongue, but you didn't. Well done. I'm really pleased. No, no, I
0: didn't. But I, I would like, as a favour, to get one thing out the way, which we, we should right. really do at the end, but normally, by the time we look at it, it's like, oh no, everyone's got to go to bed. Okay. <laughs> I would like us to answer, before we start the film, who, who is, who was the best Joker? Jack Nicholson. Uh, uh, Heath Ledger was <laughs> 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 To be fair actually um, I did like the guy from Gotham But I wouldn't say uh, Yeah
1: about. no he was good He's definitely not the best yeah. but he was good
0: Who did you say no, was no. I To the fuller the life of me It was Heath Ledger all the way Until one day About 15-16 days ago I rewatched Batman And yeah. I thought Heath Ledger Does it brilliantly Yes. And the, the thing that clinches it for me is the storyline around Jack's character in the first Batman, I didn't really like compared to, you know, his origin story was a bit, okay, a bit weird, but it fit with the film, fair enough. But I do think Jack Nicholson is the best interpretation of the Joker as we, as we knew at the time. Where I look at Heath Ledger's thing and I think it's very good, but that's a, a different interpretation. Yes. Sort kind of like a reimagining of the Joker. Does that make any sense? Yes. Which is why very Jack much, Nicholson is the best Joker.
1: Very much like um, Matey Boy was for the other films, and he was fucking terrible. The later one. Oh my god! And I've forgotten oh, his yeah, name Jared already because he's so. Fig- Thank is you, Jared G- Leto. Joker. Jared Leto. Yeah. Yeah. Jared Leto's Joker. Which books. is just horrendous, but it was just yet another interpretation, wasn't it, of the yes. Joker? Yes. But, but yeah, no. Jack Nicholson's definitely the best. Yeah, and what? Uh, Oh, yeah, wait.
0: and what clinched it for me, I know we'll get to it, is the scene in the art gallery, the art museum. Mm. Terrible. That's what clinched it for me. No. The whole thing. <laughs> no. I knew this was going to happen. I knew it. She's Do you like, know no, what? Rubbish, rubbish. Yep,
2: absolute <laughs> shite. Completely disagreed. Right?
0: <laughs> oh, yes.
2: Okay. He was uh, doing, right? It may surprise you. I was enjoying this film 50%. I was with it. I was enjoying it he, when he changed into the Joker. We'll get into it more. But all I can say is halfway through this film, he turns from a good Joker into Cesar Romero and we go back to Batman 66 and I've, he's lost me. That's it. Oh, really? um, I, thought, I
0: thought Cesar Romero did a good job. I thought yeah. he, he, was right he did, but
2: him. he was the yeah. camp Batman. And yes, this is true. Th- yeah. oh. That's what it was. And as soon as he goes into that art gallery, which for me didn't fit into the film because I had to force. They were told Warner Brothers told him to force that Prince music in, which was fucking shit then and now that it isn't doesn't fit in with his character. I understand he's an artist as part of what he is, his intellect, but to all come in with the the ghetto blaster playing, dancing and stuff like that. It went completely Cesar Romero <laughs> and camp Joker. And, I loved it. but the rest of I the film, it. I was gone. That was it. I was, this is what <laughs> I knew. This is why I hated it. And this is why I fucking did not want to fucking have to watch this again. I watched this three times. And, uh,
1: Thing is just, I've, oh oh, I've seen this oh. film so many times. I only had to watch it once, and I, I remembered everything. It's, I love this. But anyway, get, that's fine. Wow, this is good. I'm, I'm
0: excited. Let, let the hate, let the oh hate, God, throw through yeah. your it. It's good. It's good,
2: it's good it? <laughs> so, for those lucky people who haven't seen this film, there Ouch. is a, <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm being really harsh. I'm being very harsh. And uh, I could surprise you. But there is a story to this. So, Gotham City Crime Boss, Carl Grissom, um, Jack Palantz. I haven't seen Jack Palantz since City Slickers. I completely forgot he existed, to be honest. And he, <laughs> he always plays a baddie, doesn't he? No matter what he's in, if you want a baddie, get him in. I don't and think he can
1: he... play anything else, mate, to be fair. No, no, it's <laughs> like some of
2: those. Some actors always play a German guard in war films, regardless. <laughs> you always see them in it. It's just, they're so. Um, stereotype and typecast, but he effectively runs the town. Um, There is a new crime fighter in town, Batman, played by Michael Keaton. Grissom's right-hand man is Jack Napier, Jack Nicholson, a brutal man who is not entirely sane, even before he turns into the Joker. After falling out of Grissom, Napier sets him up with the police. Following a confrontation with Batman, Napier falls, or is he dropped, talking point, into um, a chemical However, he soon reappears as a Joker and starts to rain terror on Gotham City. Meanwhile, Vicky Vale, played by Kim bassinger is in the city to do an article on Batman. She soon starts a relationship with Batman, stroke Bruce Wayne, and uh, it goes on from there downhill. So that is the rough
0: storyline. <laughs> wow! Oh what?
3: dear! Is...
0: Oh, it's just so funny. <laughs> I think going to try and John Wick. He's going to try and John Wick to us, isn't he? yeah Yeah,
2: seriously i'm far too mature to do anything such as that
1: (laughs) don't (laughs) even try and pull that one (laughs) even our listeners know that that's not the case
2: (laughs) Deary me dearie me that's that's harsh so do you like this obviously i went in i watched this one a long 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 time ago and oh first of all i mean we're kind of skipping ahead tim burton He was a very, Mm -hmm. very interesting choice. When you think what he did in 85, he did Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Then he did Beetlejuice, which is a great film. Yeah. And then he did Batman. And I feel that uh, you'll probably slate me for this anyway. But when you think he's got that, is it... um, what's that other film we did that is it like the night before christmas or something like that wasn't it he
1: did loads he did edward scissorhands he's done loads of
2: yeah i must admit i struggled films. with his work i like edward scissorhands but this batman feels all in the same universe as beetlejuice and edward scissorhands it's like this it's very dark and very quirky it's it, it, it's not what i got when to my kind of pleasant surprise when i turned on watching like, batman nolan's trilogy that it's like, wow, it's modern day, it's now here. But this to a certain extent, apart from the mobile phones, this seems timeless as well, but in a very dark, gritty city, doesn't it?
1: Well it was based on graphic novels. So it's sort of it was playing a homage to that. Um so that's why it looks like it does. And it is, like you said, it is very Tim Burton. You have to agree that it is <laughs> is very
2: Tim Burton yeah. style, isn't it? Hmm. Oh, it is. And the yeah, first God. bit, I have to say, got me. It, I was fooled. I, and I, I don't, I didn't remember any of this film when I watched it. I did not remember a single part. And it starts with this family, mum and dad and a kid trying to get a taxi. And I thought this was an origin story as to how Bruce Wayne became Batman. And it really, really fooled me.
1: Hmm. But it wasn't. So, it, was good. it wasn't. It
2: was Batman watching some family getting beaten up rather than intervening and uh then intervening afterwards.
0: The funny <laughs> thing sure is, he more... right? doesn't do that. Yeah, but it's more interesting watching that now, knowing what we know now, because obviously we know that's how Batman became Batman and it's almost happened, it kind of sort of happened to another child, but not. So it was a nice like almost reflection. Um but yeah, it was a bit weird. I, I imagine he caught up with him later. But yeah. I thought that was quite good. Now, also, as you mentioned about the style, it was, um, it seemed like almost a very 50s style with the hats and everything, you know, kind of like reminding me uh, of, uh, I don't know, but it did, It looked like a, a city out of time. It didn't look modern, as in, even in the 80s, late 80s, it didn't seem like a modern, no. uh, like medieval, isn't it? All the structures and it was... some of the clothes that people were wearing.
1: Yeah, it was based on <clears throat> the no, the um, graphic novel uh, mm. written by Frank Miller, which has uh, yeah. done other things okay. such as Sin City and stuff like that. And if you read any of his work and stuff, it's all very much based around sort of the 50s, the way people dress and the art style. So that's, the, that's why it looks the way it does. Okay. okay.
2: And I found straight away when i watched this on the first when he's got those two goons who obviously robbed that family and he goes and um takes them both out that it, it, i kind of thought the suit is hindering his movement and to me it was very very evident and i was quite worried about michael Kean being a batman because he's not the biggest guy at all and you need that physical presence and I read a lot of articles before this, as I normally do, and stuff like that about his suit, and it was latex, and he felt very claustrophobic. And I think this really affects the action scenes throughout this film, of his movement. He doesn't have that movement. When he looks up in the air, he leans his whole body and arcs his back to look up in the air. It's, it just, it seems very awkward for him, and I think that lets down the action scenes.
1: Uh, I suppose it would to you and i can understand where you're coming from but it was the aesthetic they were going for and that was all they could really do at the time to get it to look the way they wanted it to look but yeah they afterward because if you look at his suit his whole head is connected like as in the suit side of it i know his head is connected to his shoulders but um one plastic mold there's no movement so yes it did make it extremely difficult for him, but they couldn't do it any other way, apparently.
0: I, I think you're, yeah, no, you're right. And I think it wasn't until Christian Bale's second film, The Dark Knight, because he had a bit of a similar problem, even in the, Batman Begins. Um, but, and yeah, I, I do appreciate it limits you on the action. I completely agree that with that, Stu, when, when you're looking at it critically. However, I do feel that some of the movement, the way he looks up and down, he looks more menacing by... Because he looks more una- its a very unnatural thing to do, and it's an unnatural movement to make. And I think that just adds to the, this 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 dark mystery of a character that that is Batman that Tim Burton was trying to get across. I think it also helps him as much as it hinders him in the action scenes. I also think it, it kind of like helps keep him like weird and a bit weird and mysterious and a bit like you know different.
2: Mm. Yep. Yeah, it's really interesting that the takes, isn't it? It's mm. yeah, it, it's like. You've got my Top Gun purple pink tinted glasses on, and I don't see what you see, which is quite interesting. You know, it was nice to see, and I was really surprised uh, to see Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent. And because I, as I say, I couldn't remember any of this, and it was, it was kind of, to me, he's a big name. Um, mm obviously from the Star Wars universe, but he doesn't seem to, I mean, I don't know whether he's in any other ones. Is he in any more Batman films? I or think he's in just, Returns, is he? He
0: is in Returns, yeah. I, he did have, uh, uh, Neil might be able to correct me on this, but I think he did have a contract for three films. I appreciate he didn't play Two-Face in the end, um, but I'm, I'm sure he, I've read somewhere or heard that he did have a contract for, for three Batman films. Ah, potentially okay. with the idea of of coming as Two-Face, which which would have been nice, but yeah. It would
1: have been good, yeah. I think so, it would have been
2: very did good. Did Tommy Lee Jones become Two-Face?
1: Yeah, it was a different director and and everything. Joel Schumacher,
3: yeah.
2: And it sort of, oh, went,
1: right. it went very, very downhill by that point. Unfortunately, as much as most people don't like him, if it wasn't for Jim Carrey, that film would have been an absolute flop.
2: Yes. Well, yeah, it, it, if, well, yeah, it virtually killed the fucking franchise anyway, didn't it? But
1: well the fourth one my god if Beyond anyone ever says that is a good film it needs to have their eyes removed because it's not but <laughs> Jim Carrey saved the third one but it's a shame because obviously Tim Burton went off to do other things and I think if he'd been able to do the trilogy it probably would have been very good
2: yeah because it was just a case of I was watching, there's a really good documentary on Sky Arts and Sky Max, and it's called uh, Rise of the Superheroes, and they go from DC to Marvel, and they interviewed kind of Joel Schumacher, and just everyone, and all these artists and stuff like that, who worked on the comics, and they were sat talking about uh, Tim Burton's Batman, and then when Joel Schumacher took over, mm-hmm. that it, it, how... It killed it, and how they were saying that the the Batman is Batman Forever is the one with Catwoman in, isn't it? Uh, no, that's
0: Batman no. Returns. Batman Returns.
2: Re- oh, Batman Returns, and they were saying that that was too dark, and that it wasn't for family viewing of what they actually expected, and that kind of hampered the franchise. And then obviously they they uh, went and brought other characters in, which were just equally as bizarre decision making and it just wrote everything off and when you think by this time in 1996 that Marvel went bankrupt and they were selling off a lot of their rights because they couldn't keep up with what DC were doing mm. and it, it's just amazing to think that now that uh, they could be possibly in that position and then you had the uh Bryan Singer came out with the X-Men and then Sam Raimi came out with Spider-Man and it kind of restarted the franchise because when batman Mm. came out it was so i mean i remember obviously being a of kind of older age i remember prince in the videos and at that time i was more into like heavy metal and kind of nwa and and all different things like that i just wasn't interested in prince and i think that played a part in i just don't want any part of this but it was I, i really clearly remember The Batman symbol. And it was just the Batman symbol. There there wasn't like the poster today when there was lots of different characters on there. It was just the Batman symbol, which was really, really clever marketing, wasn't it?
1: Definitely. And the interesting thing about that is when they first brought that out, people, it took them a few minutes to realise what it actually was. Which is strange to think of that now because it's instantly recognisable. But this film was so sort of well like the, when it was announced everyone went mental for it they were so intrigued by it that all the media people were breaking into bus stops to steal the posters and oh, stuff wow. and and people would phone up their local cinemas to find out well, when the trailers were just so they could go and see the trailer for this film and they wouldn't even stay to see the, the film that they paid to see that's oh how much people wanted this film and yeah you know, their advertisement around it and stuff it was, was amazing.
2: It's interesting that, I mean, cause I watched um off the back of doing this, we watched dream team last night with Michael Keaton, which hmm. is a, a very, very funny film. And he was a uh, quite a brave choice because he came from a comedy background as Batman. And I mean, obviously we spoke about the Joker before, but do you think, He's a better Bruce Wayne or do you think he's a better Batman or he's the better of both? Where do you think he sits? What, Keaton? Yeah.
1: I think he plays both really well. To be honest. I mean, let's be fair. He's the first one. After, obviously, the the wonderful late Adam West to play Batman. And he was a completely different Bruce Wayne and Batman. And, you know. I've never had an issue with his performance, as either Batman or Bruce Wayne. I think. Where do you think he stands
2: Radio Radio. in the uh, the pantheon of
1: of Bruce, Bruce Wayne Waynesons. and
2: Batman? Yeah.
1: For me, he's he's up there as the best. Oh wow! He's, about... he's the best.
2: Okay, that's interesting. And what about you? What about you, Jay?
0: See, I I only really like Christian Bale, but but what I like. What I like about um, Keaton's character, and, and I don't think it's a Batman will uh, Batman and Bruce Wayne will ever get again, especially Bruce Wayne is he behave Bale behaves more like a playboy, yeah. yeah. Where I think you could argue, I thought Bale was a more intimidating Batman, and I think Bale's probably a better Batman. But this guy, he plays like a really bizarre millionaire, eccentric, mm. kind of like, and and you believe that he has had trouble growing up and stuff because he's kind of like almost a bit off center when it comes to socializing um for example I, I mean you've got things like him and Vicky Val at the completely different ends of the table um the oh, way he
3: just,
0: yeah the way he walks around and talks to people the way he didn 't even admit who was Bruce Wayne and the, and, and the way he does, and then followed him around, which is a bit weird I, I, he doesn't give me creepy vibes, but he's I think you describe him as odd uh, If if you met this Bruce Wayne.
2: Yeah, I yeah. completely agree. I think he's by far. I mean, I'm forgetting uh, Christian Bale, and that is a completely different universe. And mm. yeah. to me, it's superior, and it's not fair because it's a completely different concept. Um, so it's not fair to kind of bring them in to a certain degree. But I think out of this kind of this era where you had Val Kilmer and George Clooney, um, was there anyone else, or was it just no, those?
1: It was those three in that era. That he's
2: by far the better batman and the better bruce wayne i think he's you both summed it up really well he's he's really quirky he's socially awkward and he just doesn't know how to be around different people uh, and it's funny that dinner scene as you say when it's at the end of the table and until it's kind of highlighted to him to a certain degree he doesn't understand what's wrong with being 15 no. foot away yeah at, at the end of a table and this is a good evening and when he's talking to her and in the the lobby and he says that oh, we run out of champagne and he, he doesn't really know what to do. I'll oh, just get three more boxes in. And is that enough? <laughs> yeah. He's, he's just not the confident person. And he's, he's really awkward. And when he comes across later in the film of that scene, when he's confronted by um, Joker, I love the way he switches to like, come on in, come on in. I, I think it's really believable. And he does have that look and he, he does look a little bit strange, as you say, Jay. He's really kind of off center mm. with the way he looks. He's got that mental look in his eye, and I think it works so well. And he is very much hidden as uh, when he's Batman. I would never—if someone would have said, "Who? Which actor is this?" I wouldn't pick him out. As, no way, um, Michael Keaton, because it, it, it's just—he's hidden so much. But he is—he's very, very good. And we're getting on to when you first kind of see Jack Nicholson, that his character, he's a really interesting choice as uh, the Joker. And you, I can understand why from the previous films he's done. And he made, he, uh, in history, it's the biggest wage he ever anyone's ever had in history, isn't it?
1: Yes, it was at the time, wasn't it? Yeah.
2: Because he, he got paid the rights for this film and he also included the next two films as well.
1: Oh, well so. That's clever. It's clever, isn't it? yeah Yeah. he's he's but yeah i think uh, that's the thing because obviously he was a massive part of making this film as well a lot of the scenes were based on what a lot of it was ad-libbed but a lot of the scenes especially towards the end were in relation to what he wanted to do so he had a lot of artistic sort of license with this film and he was obviously very very well respected as well as an actor as he should be so
2: yeah he's just so menacing he He really does command the screen and when everyone talks about this film, everyone talks about Jack Nicholson and everyone else comes second because he's just got that presence. And even when he's not the Joker, when he's being Jack Napier, he does come across as someone who's just insane and craves
3: power. If Grissom knew about us, he might hand you something. Don't flatter yourself, Angel. He's a tired old man. He can't run this city without me.
2: And the reason why he ends up... I don't know whether he ended up anyway. He's kind of number two Um, to the leader. I've even forgotten his bloody name now. Grissom. Grissom, yeah. He's the lead. Um, he's, he's number two to him. But the reason why he, he kind of falls foul is because he's cheating with his wife um who is uh, what's her name married to uh uh, jerry hall married to mick jagger yeah so and he's cheating with her and he's just he's not frightened of anyone you can tell he's hungry for that power and he's just so good he's got that fucking mad look on his face which he does so well naturally without any intent yeah
1: Yeah, and that's why he was so good in horror films and stuff, wasn't he? Because he's just got that look on his face. You just don't know what he's thinking half the time. And then his acting prowess and stuff. I think Jane Nicholson's one of the best actors out there and has been for a long, long time when it comes to these type of roles.
2: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And the character who's in The Police, who's Eckhart, who's working moody and he's kind of tipping off um, like the mob about everything that happens... Is he... I mean, his character isn't mentioned in, say, for instance, like the Nolan trilogy. Is he someone who actually exists in the world of DC
0: and, like, Batman?
1: I'll be honest with you, I don't know that. James might know more than
0: No, you? Uh, no, no. I, I definitely don't. What, what I find interesting, though, Neil, is... but In Batman Begins, you have a very similar rotund-looking cop with messy hair and is mm. equally scruffy that Batman knows is a bent cop. He's the one... Remember, he... um. In Batman Begins, he basically um, uses his whatever batarang or whatever and lifts him up and goes, Whoa, I swear to me, and starts shouting him. Do you, yeah. do you remember that scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always think that's a bit of a nod to the, the corrupt cop in, a, in in this Batman because when you actually look at the way they're both dressed, they're dishevelled, yes. they're corrupt cops. It's, they're, they're not a million miles away from each other, are they? It,
1: it could be a homage, actually. That's yeah, a very good I've point. All, I've always honest. wondered that. Yeah, it, it probably is because, yeah... It, you're right i mean that's the thing with it isn't it? it is all around the facts that i mean the whole story around batman isn't it that gotham city's so corrupt mm. that he's needed to become a vigilante to try and sort of the scare the criminals into leaving or you know yes and stuff like that because the police aren't able to do anything about it because no. most of them are on the books and obviously ed-, ed cart is the one that's obviously feeding their information direct to grissom
0: yeah
1: so he's the most bent one of them all.
2: He is, and you can't forget Bob the goon, who's Jack Nicholson's sidekick. <laughs> who, Love Bob. <laughs> he's always there at the right time, just appearing to kind of save and get Jack Nicholson out of so much shit, yeah. which surprises me. He does what he does later on in the film, but he's a really, really funny guy. And I think the out of all of the the people like the commissioner. And like Harvey, or well, I think Harvey Dent is the weakest character out of this. And when you think he's got so much charisma, Billy D. Williams, he just lacked that in this film. It, it just wasn't in it enough. I don't know whether he's just anyone's going to be overshadowed, I know, by Nicholson, but you've got even you've got Knox, who's a reporter who I think that's his name, who um, kind of teams up with Vicky Vale, um, Kim Basinger's character, that even he's more of a kind of a prevalent part in this film. Than uh, Billy D Williams, which surprised me.
1: Yeah, he's not a very big part in it at all, and his own his only real part is about the fact that they're trying to organise that massive extravaganza, aren't they, through the streets? And it's he's constantly being sort of goaded and told what to do by the mayor, uh, Lee Wallace. And yeah, you, though his acting's good in it, yeah, he's not in it enough for you really to be able to build up a character arc. So. It's a shame for such a good actor, but it just obviously wasn't that type of role within this.
2: No, not at all. And I was surprised, I mean, I didn't like and you didn't have much to do. I thought Kim Basinger as Vicky Vale. I mean, Vicky Vale, I take it that she's a character, she's an actual she is. character. She is. Yeah, she is, yeah. And she just seems to scream a lot in this. I thought for a love interest, she, obviously back in the day, Kim Basinger. And like people kind of like Cindy Crawford and they were just outstanding, like supermodels and just beautiful. Daryl Hannah as well. But she really lacks any charisma in this film. I think she's really weak from my own point of view, obviously.
1: Oh, What do you say to that, James? What do you I don't say? think
0: I don't think she's weak, but I do think she's there kind of like to be saved. I don't I think she's, so, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. But then this is coming off the 80s, if you remember, like in the late 80s where you had, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. Downfalls in distress are plenty, like you know, a couple in Indiana Jones, yeah, um, especially Temple of Doom, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 screams all the time. And I think you had that quite a lot. Um, it didn't, it didn't really bother me. I mean, she was, she wasn't a stupid character. She wasn't that stupid. I thought she was interesting, but also we kind of started off with her, and we went along for the ride with her to a certain extent to learn who Batman and Bruce Wayne really are because we kind of learn almost but not quite at the same rate as she does albeit i don't know i don't think she knew the origin of the joker but you know we learn a lot more about batman and bruce wayne along with her if that makes any sense
1: yeah Um, yeah i have to agree her screaming within the film does start to grind you a little bit because it as the film goes on she does it more and more and so i as much as a character, I don't find a character bad. That part within a character mm. starts getting on your tits after a while. I have to be honest with that.
2: Yeah, she, she kind of starts to lack nothing apart from a scream. I mean, yeah. Where do you rate? I mean, I like Michael Goff, who plays Alfred in this. Mm. Ooh, I think he's very good. He, for me, again, Michael Caine was brilliant and he had the comedy and he was a great, amazing Alfred. But he's got the, obviously the caliber of films behind him. But Alfred in this, Michael Goff, is the more traditional Alfred that I think of of a of a Batman. He's not yes. better than Michael Caine, but he's equally as good. And he's who I if I had to pick an Alfred, who would it be? It will be this guy. He's really really good.
1: Yes, he's a different type. of Like Like you go, you know, you're looking at Nolan against this, and I know you've sort of taken it away in some aspects. They're completely different types of films, aren't they? And you're right, this yeah. guy is far more traditional, and he plays Alfred through all four oh, wow. of these films, probably because he couldn't get another job, to be fair, because <laughs> he's old um, and he's known as Alfred. But, you know, he... He ends up being quite a main storyline in I think is it the fourth yeah the fourth one because that's when Batgirl comes into it and he right. she, he's her he's her granddad I think yeah something and like he's that. dying yeah. isn't he and then mm. they manage to cure him with Doctor Freeze's um, research and all this sort of yeah. stuff but yeah he is in all four of them yeah he's a very good Alfred
2: yeah he's great and I love the fact that when they have that night to save the like the fair that he's following Bruce Wayne around Michael Keaton who's putting glasses down <laughs> in mahogany and putting pens down in plants and he's just tidying up after him and <laughs> yeah. and it's just so funny that he does so much more probably than um, Keaton is aware of yeah. and he just picks up after him even as an adult I thought that was a really really good touch Yeah,
1: yeah. he's a very good father figure I think mm. there's, there's bits later on in the film which are quite touching and and stuff so yeah no but those those bits at the beginning very funny
2: yeah and uh, the introduction to when Knox and Vicky Vale are in this kind of uh, the weaponry room or, or whatever they want to call it and uh, they're taking the piss out of some of the uh, the antiques and things on display
3: Living room, tiny room, arsenal. Get this stuff. Who is this guy? He gives all these humanitarian causes and then collects all this stuff. He <laughs> uh, probably doesn't get chicks. They like him for his big charity balls. Yeah, and don't leave out his very large bankroll. Uh, remember, the more they've got, the less they're worth. And this guy must be the most worthless guy in America. <laughs> oh, 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 where'd this come from? I have no idea. <laughs> it's Japanese. How do you know? Because I bought it in Japan. Who are you? Oh, sorry. Bruce Wayne.
2: It is the really, really good line. And again, it's just <laughs> delivered so well. There's nothing flash about that. It's just almost as if he's saying it because yeah, that's facts. I'm not being flash. Yeah. And it's <laughs> it just great. And clearly he's giving grants out to everyone because the first thing that Knox does is you say can I have a grant? Yeah.
1: yeah, that was brilliant. Oh, yeah. And, and give Knox a grant. And Alfred's yeah, yeah. face is like, what? <laughs> what are you <laughs> talking about?
2: <laughs> it's so good. And I like the fact that he clearly there's chemistry between him and Vicky uh, Vale, but he doesn't try to kind of woo her and be Flash, that he still just remains in character. He's just himself. Hmm. And I really like that. It's kind of a really endearing quality about Bruce Wayne in this film that's really likable.
1: He's not sleazy or anything, is he? Or a playboy or anything? He's clearly rich, hence why he yeah. all those ridiculous things and lives in the mansion and stuff. But he's actually quite a, a sort of a character that you can get on board with.
3: I yeah.
2: Well, yeah, I completely agree, and I think it would have ruined the character somewhat if they would have made him into someone I, mean, I don't know what he's I've never read a Batman comic in my life so I honestly don't know what he's like in the comics but he is just like a normal bloke who's just rolling with the punches whilst he's Bruce Wayne I mean is he acting when he's Bruce Wayne and is he different when he's Batman I mean is this all an act or is Batman an act oh that's interesting
1: well I think Batman is just an alter ego of him that he needs to needs to be um in order to do what he has to do because no one else will do it and that's similar with all the batmans that's the whole point isn't it it's um but it's interesting because you talk about batman and the difference between like nolan's bat or christian bale's batman and this what i liked about him is the fact that he didn't start having to try and talk with a ridiculously deep voice and start shouting at everybody because you know it's it's just brilliant because he just talks normally yes yeah. it's it's quite when you look at it now watching all the other films where they all change their voice and stuff like that it's quite refreshing to watch this back and say oh thank god he's not growling at everyone
2: yeah i completely agree it is really refreshing to be able to sit there and not have to turn the volume up or put subtitles on because you struggle to listen to what <laughs> he's saying so uh yeah I completely thumbs up with that. I mean, it's it's always when I think about Batman that you've got someone whose parents, as we know, died. Everyone knows the origin story of Batman who's on planet Earth. <clears throat> but how he's a, a billionaire, millionaire, and he chooses to, in the evenings, dress up as a bat and go around and be a vigilante and... It just seems really strange. Of all the things you could do if you had that much money, that you'd go and do that, and like, it's just—I don't know—it's just a really strange concept, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Go on, James. It is. No, 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 no. But, um, but look, uh, that's why I think it's so important that obviously, um, and get played in there—the scene where his parents die, Mm. and they didn't catch his killer. And I think at a young age, that obviously gave him some kind of tormented PTSD. And he wanted to do something about it because at that time he kind of fell out of control. I and mean, I imagine he doesn't want anyone else to feel that way. Um, and he knows the police are corrupt. So I think he puts it upon himself and some resp- And he feels like he's responsible, just like I think his parents were, as describing Batman Begins, especially his dad, looking after the city. I guess that's his way of trying to look after the city, that both him and his parents and his granddad, you know, his, his whole legacy of, of, of Wayne's loved first family
1: of gotham isn't it but no the reason he does the bat now i'm people listeners please do correct me but i'm pretty sure the fact that he has a fear of bats so in order he basically uses that fear and turns it into what he is so he's like well if i can overcome my biggest fear which is bats and then use that against the people that are criminals that's basically how he comes up with the the idea of dressing like a giant bat
2: is that
0: said in this film
1: no but it's not said in any other films either is it
0: well, it oh, well he it. uses it a... in batman begins it does doesn't it
2: but yeah, yeah in nolan's one it is stated when he's in the well isn't it really clearly of the bats but in this one i think it's a really brave decision if this was going to be a one-off standalone from even for the first film regardless for people again who didn't know this? Young children or whoever, to not explain. And it was a different time then. Maybe they just didn't want to. Why he is a bat? Why everything's got the bat logo on? Because yeah, you, you don't get that origin story of this. I mean, at all. That to, to not have a Batman film for so long, and then to have a film with no origin story. I mean, thank God they didn't. Because I'm sick of origin stories at the moment. Cause a different era getting superheroes shoved <laughs> down our throats i don't
0: need one <laughs> but that's very true it's interesting not to have an origin story does it make it more mysterious and and, and you think i wonder why it happened and it, it it does make a nod to it with his parents being killed and he becomes batman albeit there's about a decade and a half two decades in between isn't there uh, uh, that yes. they've left out um but i know no, but i don't think that's that bad i mean um for example, when we watched, uh, what was it? The the um, arguably one of the superhero movies to kick off the Marvel franchise, but not really, not Iron Man. Blade, you know the first, you know the first Blade. Yeah. yeah we didn't yeah. really have an origin story there. It was just we were told, weren't we? I think yeah. by Whistler
1: How, which yeah. is nice I, again, though, wasn't it? Mm. Yes. Yeah. And
0: and it was nice not to have an origin story because we have all those problems before, before beforehand. We have all that. Okay, we're not going to see the hero now till at least the second hour of the film, you know.
1: Yeah, 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 I completely agree.
3: Yeah,
2: they go to the is Axis Factory, isn't it? They decided to to go and take all like the, the, the documentation and stuff like that from it and make it out as if it's been broken into. And the uh, the leader, it's Grissom, wants Jack Nicholson's character uh, Napier to go and lead the way. And it's obviously a way of he can get payback because he's um, sleeping with his wife Alicia. And again, when they go there, it's a setup. You've got Eckhart who's there as well, and it's the first time kind of properly in a bit of daylight, I suppose, or a bit of brightness that you actually see Batman turns up. And it's again, I still think it's very awkward his movements, and I I think it just lets it down, but. The scene, the most important scene for me in this is that Jack Nicholson's there and they do have a bit of to and fro. And he does shoot Eckhart for being a complete scumbag, which I've got no problem with. And then he shoots at um, Bruce White or shoots at Batman. And a bullet bounces off a pipe, gets him in the face, correct me if I'm wrong. And he falls off and he's hanging from this ledge. Yeah. And it's, and I watched this so many times to try and work out. Did he let him go or did he not? Bearing in mind, at the start of this film, he grabs someone by the throat with one hand and holds them off the rooftop. And, and he's holding Jack Nicholson with one hand, and he looks, he just looks like he lets him go. And that is not what Batman's all about.
1: I think it's the leather glove that slips out of his hand, isn't it? So he he, he tries. To That's what him I always from. thought. Funny enough, yeah. I, he, he would never have let him go. He he wanted to save him, but he just. He couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
2: Sorry, okay. No, I, I, I just didn't know because I've watched it so many times and, and it's just like he's hanging there and yeah, he has got, he's got the leather glove on and it's just, I don't know. It's like the look on Batman or in his eyes that kind of, does he do it? I don't know. And I, I just didn't know what your points of view was. And, Obviously, he falls in that vat and you see the hand coming out um, for the change. But I like the mystique of when they are shooting at poor old Batman, who always gets the shit for everything, (sighs) that he uses that smoke bomb. And we see that. But to them, they don't see the grappling hook. And it's like he's flying up in the air. And I like seeing that from both sides because they're talking about those baddies at the start that he drinks people's blood and. There's so much kind of, of a kind of myth and stories about him that he just flies up and his people don't know how he's done it. He can fly. And I, I love that about this. I think it's very, very clever the way they sell it or he sells his image to everyone, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think the bit I like most about it is obviously the commissioner Gordon turns up, doesn't he? And all the commissioner. And um, yeah. He's there's been lots of stories around Batman, but he's never seen him. And then he clocks eyes on him. And he's like, oh, my God. It's like, don't tell anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell anyone (laughs) about this.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It did make me chuckle when he said that. I thought this is terrible.
1: (laughs) For God's sake, he's had this massive industrial incident. Don't start letting everyone know the bloody Batman was here that everyone's... Fucking chirping on about.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and is that the same commissioner Gordon, who's in the the rest of the films as well, or, or does that change?
1: Oh, I think that t- is the same for yeah, I think so. the second one, but I don't think he's
0: in the third. No, no but once again, he, doesn't, he the commissioner doesn't really play a big role in this, does he? He's just there. Yeah. Um, he's he's maybe a tiny bit bigger than Billie Williams in this. Yeah. That's kind yeah. of it. not 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 that you need him, and not that you miss it either. I imagine, but yeah.
1: I think it's nice though because it was trying to, as much as it could, and I know obviously Stu's already alluded to the Joker turning into a character from the 60s series, but they were, I think they were really trying as hard as they could to stay away from that. Mm. So if you, because obviously Batman used to go into the office and go, Hi, Commissioner, and they used to have a chat and a cigar, and then he'd run off going, Holy hell, Robin, and slap my ass. And, they wanted to stay away from that, so it's nice that he wasn't like this massive part and yeah. stuff.
2: No, I completely agree. And when he goes to see the the plastic surgeon, I mean, I take it the plastic surgeon has tried to do the best he can. Yes. With a bad job because it's really I mean, the the makeup uh, in the kind of the the. the The prosthetics on his face are very, very good for Jack Nicholson to be as the Joker. I mean, back then it it was completely groundbreaking, wasn't it?
1: It still is now when you look at it. If you're watching the films now, it's still brilliant. I love it.
2: I can't see where they join. It's just it's very, very good, really effective.
1: It's obviously, I think, Jack Nicholson's face sort of lends to that as well, doesn't it? Because he's he's quite an odd looking guy anyway. Sorry, Jack. Um, But, you know, obviously regular listener. Um, He's, you know, he's, it it does suit his face. So it made it look even better. But even to this day, it holds up
2: definitely definitely and he does go and kill Grissom and I do love the dialogue between him and Grissom I really really do I mean it, he's I, I think well, I don't know do you think he's still uh, Jack Napier or do you think he's complete Joker insane now where do you think he is at this part
1: he's gone nuts hasn't he? he's gone for me I don't know if you found that different Jay or not
0: no, yeah, I, th- I think he went completely nuts. I think it was—it's almost like you said there was always that torment, that unusualness, that you know, nasty side about him even before he fell in the bat. But it's kind of like um, that was the straw that broke that—that's the one thing that completely made him unhinged. That you know, that whole incident. I think what is that quote? Um, the Joker said a number of times, you know, um, it only takes a bad day for someone to go insane or something like that. Well, you know, yeah. A man of one one bad day, and, and obviously that that was his one bad day. And I thought it was always there, <laughs> but it's kind of like uh, it's been let loose, isn't it? After that.
2: And I love the shooting yeah. the way he shoots him, just dancing around <laughs> yeah, <laughs> over exactly. his shoulder, behind his back. I think it's I, I think it's brilliantly done. And whether this was something he did off his own back or if it was told, I, it's just so much fun to watch.
0: It
1: is, and that's, and I think that's what makes him such a, a such a brilliant joker.
2: Yeah, definitely. And yeah, while he's completely. doing that, go on, Neil. Go on. Sorry.
1: No, no, I was just, I was just going to agree. Great, Jay. It's, it's just, it's. He plays it so well. He, he he's just evil, isn't he? And he's mental. You don't know what he's going to do next. And the no. fact that he's running around, dance shooting between his legs. Repeatedly just shooting his little boss that he's already killed, <laughs> and laughing that laugh and stuff like that, and it's just oh, the first time I watched it, and I think every every time I've seen seen it since, it's just like you cannot imagine anybody else playing that role no. in those films. In those films, it just couldn't be done.
2: No completely and it's really weird, isn't it? Because you get so many roles like this like obviously the the one that always comes to, to me is um uh, Tony Stark and yeah. well, with Junior and yeah this one and Chris Evans and it, like a lot of the especially kind of like the superhero films it, you can't imagine anyone else playing it, and it he just looks so menacing, that look in his eyes and the smile, because he's always got those raised eyebrows, is not he, that makes him look insane. He literally does just look insane. He really, really does. And he has got a touch of the, definitely more so with his eyes, the Cesar Romero joker about him. I'm not talking about camp body language. I'm talking about looking at his face where his makeup is quite smart and tidy. That was always Cesar Romero, that the way he looked. And he has got that certain look about him, but he looks that was insane.
1: That was the Joker within the comic books, though. Yes, white face, clean suit. You know, proper gangster, sort of very smart pinstripe suit. That's that is basically what he was always drawn as. Even if you look at any of the animated series and stuff like that, that is exactly what the Joker was. Even to, to wear the sort of hats and stuff like that that he does in this film.
3: OK,
2: what the, the, the kind of the kind of hats?
3: Yes.
1: Yeah, that's basically what he wears. Because like, um, uh, the guy that plays Luke Skywalker, I, how I've forgotten his fucking name. Is Mark Hamill. Disgusting. Mark Hamill voices the Joker in a lot of the um, in a lot of the animated stuff. And, right and so often we had the question at the very beginning didn't we of who's the best joker and a lot of people turn around and say it's mark hamill yeah because of his oh, okay. the way he voices and laughs and stuff and if you actually right. watch some of the darker batman stuff that's out there he's brilliant
2: i didn't even know that yeah
1: that's, yeah
2: that's quite interesting And it's he has that meeting with all the other goons, isn't he? And again, it's quite a nice scene. And it's interesting that in this, when he does have that meeting of all the leaders, that he's not wearing his makeup, but still, I can't work out how they did the makeup on his face. And, and it's great. And when he shakes that guy's hand, and there's always going to be, in every single film, there's always one who asks a stupid question and you know who's going to die. And he's got that kind of buzzer on his hand and uh, the special effects you could forget about them, but it's a yeah. very funny scene, the way he cooks him and he looks like someone who's probably an extra in Beetlejuice, he looks so, so funny It's,
1: it's brutal isn't it, when you think about it and actually watch it, and you're like fucking hell, that's horrendous <laughs> He's basically yeah. like electrocuted into the point that he's turned into a skeleton yeah. <laughs> It's just like fucking hell I, I,
0: When I first saw that, it completely i, th- I, I wasn't that old I was still at primary school, and I was just horrified. Yeah. By that scene, I was like, "Oh my god."
1: Yeah, it was it was mental, wasn't it? And the fact that he obviously just kicks them all out afterwards, doesn't he? And he starts having a conversation. <laughs> yes. With the skeleton. Your pals, uh, they're not bad people.
3: Maybe we uh give him a couple of days to think it over. Breathe some now. Okay. You are a vicious bastard. we telling it. <laughs> I'm glad you're dead. <laughs>
1: the thing he's completely off the wall isn't he he's having a conversation with this dead body and then laughing about the horrendous thing he said afterwards mm. uh, which, and uh, oh, it was yeah chilling i suppose would be the best word for it
2: and it's interesting that all of his goons now have embroidered jackets with the joker <laughs> emblem on them <laughs>
3: yes yes brilliant
2: <laughs> that was so brilliant funny. It's, it's brilliant
1: Again, though, that is from the comics and stuff that his goons have out. uh, They have uniform. It's
2: just great. You've got Bob
0: standing there and uh, it's just so funny. He really, really is. Good old Bob. um, As far as I'm aware, he got the part of Bob because he's um, a true friend of Jack Nicholson's in real life. Seriously? I think so, yeah.
2: Okay. And we were talking earlier about kind of the origins and stuff like that. The only time you do get close to it is when you get Vicky Vale, who's really intrigued about Bruce Wayne and she follows him and then he leaves flowers outside his building, obviously to where his parents died and they don't go any further than that, do they? As to any kind of origin. And they do look like the other previous news, like the newspaper headlines on that famous machine that I went down the library to look at. Um, a lovely death machine yeah, my death machine yeah that <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, we were talking about in 1408 if anybody hasn't listened to that already that is there to listen to but and I love the bit when they're outside I presume it's the town hall and you've got the goons there and then Jack Nicholson turns up as this clown as this mime artist and uh, it, that is Jack Nicholson isn't it yeah yeah uh, he's so fucking weird, a really strange, just, he puts on such an act, it's really weird, and the fact that, um, Michael Keaton, even when it's kicking off, obviously Bruce Wayne, doesn't panic, he just walks through the hail of bullets, whilst people are are running away, I think it's really interesting, that it plays out like that, because he's given away who he is really, isn't he? Yeah
1: yeah no definitely yeah you 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 have to agree with that it is weird that he's just walks towards him doesn't he without any sort of fear whatsoever and goes up to the window even though he's just thrown this pen into the gangster's neck killing him on the steps of um gotham because this was all filmed in pinewood studios oh was it yeah they brought it over there was a big empty parking lot or area within pinewood studios so they built Gotham there. So all of that is set and pre-built for the film, which is wow. amazing when you think about it. And God, um, yeah, it's
2: such a big set, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's huge. So they basically built Gotham City in Pinewood Studios in England Um because there was nowhere else in America that had the room to be able to do what they wanted to do. Interesting, you know, that because I remember, albeit it's slightly controversial, I'm mentioning his name.
0: Jim will fix it. I remember watching uh... a <laughs> fucking hell. Uh, I mean, I remember watching an episode of that, and a uh, one kid wanted to drive his toy Batman build around Gotham, and I think it must have been when they were filming Batman Returns or mm. something like that. And he went to the film set and drove his little car around, uh, around, around the set.
1: That's that's very sweet
0: yes and, and
1: then that's where that conversation ends obviously
2: the better <laughs> <laughs> well, yes because the Joker kills one of the goons who's at the table and he announces himself to everyone as being the boss and again it goes back to Billy D. Williams who it just has little impact
0: and effect on anything really doesn't he yeah, he well, doesn't yeah. do much, but then, but I, but I don't think it really harms a character. I think it only harms a character with what we know now. The casual fan, us being well, kind of, kind of casual fans of Batman, because we've seen the Batman Nolan trilogy, and you go back to this thinking he's going to be a big character when he's when he's not. And we also don't know if he wasn't signed on for those three films. We don't know what the plan for the third film one was. He going to be Two Face? I don't know. But
2: so in the as I say. I, I'm just a Nolan and that, that's it. I'm not comics or anything. So in the comic books, I, does um, the, I was going to say, does Billy D. Williams, but does Harvey Dent become Two-Face in the comic books? Yeah,
1: that's, yeah. Him, that's who Two-Face is, yeah.
2: So was that who Tommy Lee Jones played, Harvey Dent then? Yeah. Okay, right, uh, just, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah, I've not seen those films, so.
1: But obviously, you don't get an origin story with that either. You just—he's just a gangster that's got two faces, and it—it's not very well explained in that either. No, it mean, is rubbish. Just a terrible <laughs> it film. It is but horrendous. He's a very. To be fair, he's a good two-face in it. If you want to consider, he never had one before. Um. But yeah, no, it doesn't really explain it. But yes, in the comic books, he is. That is who he is.
2: Uh, Okay, right. Because it's just, yeah. Because when I saw Tommy Lee Jones, he just seemed like a baddie straight away, which confused me because it's so hard to not go back to the Nolan, as in the big characters that these people are. And it's interesting to put them here, where obviously in Tim Burton's world, that is done a completely different way. And that's it. But I. The Batman in, uh the Joker in this, I do like it when he's at, um, he's in his kind of hideout and he's cutting out those figures and it's obviously though from the Maltese, I, I believe from what Vicky Vale took of all dead people and he's just cutting them out and leaving them there, and it it just shows how sick he is. And later on, when he deforms uh, Alicia Jerry Hall, he mm. sprays acid in her face and. Why does he? Is it because he's disfigured that he's now disfiguring other people who's beautiful? Does he consider himself beautiful? I couldn't work out why he wanted to do that because it looked like he wanted to do it to Vicky Vale later on.
1: Yeah, I think he thinks that he's normal and everyone else isn't. And so his artistic temperament is he wants to make everyone look like a version of, similar to him, I guess. That's mm. how I took it.
2: Yeah okay i just wonder because it, again it wasn't it wasn't explained but i liked and it's very very funny it's very well done his ploy to when it get the news on of his ploy to contaminate like all of the the beauty products the makeup and stuff like that and then you get those people who have got joker faces and the news readers progressively look worse and worse yes. Because no one's wearing makeup. I think that's absolutely brilliant. It's hilarious the way they look so rough and pissed off on TV without makeup.
1: Yeah, it's no, it's such a it's, funny idea. It's just weird how badly the fact that they can't even comb their hair. I found that fight. But their hair is all over the place. You can still comb your hair, mate. But yeah, <laughs> it, it was. But that's the whole thing, isn't it? The whole story around Joker, the fact that he's so. Cause obviously he starts looking into Batman starts looking into him, doesn't he? And he, yeah. he's obviously got chemistry sort of a levels or whatever they would be or university degree and all this sort of stuff. And this is sort of then plays into the fact that he's so twisted that he's, he's put these chemicals and when they're added together will kill people, but he's won't tell anybody what they're in. Mm. So he just causes absolute mass panic throughout the whole of gotham to millions of people and he just finds it all a joke because he uses those two models that have died haven't they and then he's put the joker (laughs) face (laughs) on and he's doing that effort love that joker it's it's sick it's hilarious but when you actually think about it it's sick isn't it oh yeah yeah it's just it's so dark and brilliant the way it's sort of written and his his character arc it's like jesus you just wouldn't know you wouldn't know what to do with him because you don't know what he's capable of
2: yeah it's terrifying at the moment the the joker is is terrifying and as you say the fact that he's not targeting just the rich and the famous and things like that he's targeting everyone Mm. it is awful and people just don't know the product they're buying. It's just such a clever idea. And I, as you said, Neil, that the fact he puts those dead people on TV and just kind of takes the piss out of them Yeah. is very, very good. And I love Michael Keaton's reaction when he's watching it. It's as if, like, this guy's fucking completely nuts. And um, mm. where do I start with this? I think that's it, – it's really, really good. And I'm glad – he's like this, and not someone who's I can fucking do what I want, and I know what to do, because who does? And it's yeah. it just brilliant, it's yeah. so well done, and I'm, at the moment,
3: I'm,
2: I'm, <laughs> I'm Team waiting Joker.
1: For it. I'm waiting for this, I'm waiting <laughs> for the, the drop to the happen, turn. and then the you turn. just start slating it, because at the moment you're being very kind. So I know, um, this is not what I expected now. No, me neither, I am feeling... <laughs> Very insecure right now. Uh, yeah. I, I know. Make I know. You feel,
2: makes you feel uncomfortable.
0: He's, I'm he's gonna nice. fuck us over any minute he gets now. Exactly.
1: Yeah, they will. but you're, you're completely right, mate. Just, just bear with it. Hold on. to I, something. Yeah, I feel like Bob when he went, Bob, you're my number one. <laughs> <him up> <laughs> exactly
0: know. how I feel right now.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. We are his Bob.
2: Yep. Yeah. Just it, it's coming. It is coming. We, we're getting there. I mean, you get. The the Vicky Vale she gets an invite to go to the museum, um, and we learn that it's a setup from the Joker. And she gets that present in front of her, and it's a uh, a gas mask. And that's when the Joker comes in, and he gases everyone in the museum. And does he kill everyone in the museum, or does he knock them out?
1: I think he kills them.
2: Yeah, I'm going with killing. Yeah, I thought he did, and I that's why I kind of thought, Jesus, this is. This is hardcore deaths. This isn't
0: anything else. I mean, I I don't know what rating this film was. I think it was a 15 when it came out, or 12. I've got a funny feeling this was a 15, but I'm not sure.
1: I think it might have been downgraded as time went on, but I think originally, Mm. yeah, it was a 15, definitely.
2: And the Joker comes in and starts destroying all of the art. And again, this is... I'm out now. This is just ridiculous. This is Cesar Romero. This is just camp. They're all dancing and his goons are pirouetting. And to me, we've gone from sadistic, violent, frightening to to look at, to, to think what he or trying to second guess what he's thinking to someone dancing around a museum playing Prince with a ghetto blaster on his shoulder. And I'm just lost. I don't. Uh, it might just be me being stupid, I don't understand the concept of this it's forced in this stupid song, it just doesn't work if it wasn't in it and he just approached Vicky Vale and just sat opposite her and did what he did, I'd be a lot happier, but him dancing
1: I love it why, tell me what because I, it's theatre, it's theatre. It. He's there to see Vicky Vale and woo her and all these things. He wants Vicky Vale to be hers. And he's there and he's like, right, I've killed everyone. This is ours now. This is my arena. I'm being a peacock. I'm going to play my music, destroy this art, save the ones that looks like a dead person being flayed and all this and say, no, don't ruin that one. And it's it's just him peacocking and showing that he's fucking mental. And he thinks that this is something that would impress her.
2: But then he wants to kill her and then he goes to squirt acid in her face.
1: Yeah, because she's basically that that wouldn't have killed her. That would have just done what he did to Alicia.
2: Mm. So I just I I don't.
1: Is that how you
0: saw it, it, Jay, or not? Yeah, no, no. No, I think this is one of the most joker scenes in it. Other than Mm. this um, and the two way kills the one way kills his boss. The other way where he's dancing, talking, talking to the uh, burnt skeleton. Because yeah. then, yes, but I I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, this you can argue this is full on Caesar Romero, but when I mentioned about this is why this is a closer adaptation of the Joker than I think to Heath Ledger's is, which is a reimagining. Mm. I think you know, and I think it's just as good, but it's a reimagining of the Joker. This is the Joker that I think I we were we were brought up with. This is they, they're close. I mean, this is Mark Hamill's Joker almost as well. Yes, in the um, in the Batman series. Brought, brought to life And I'm pretty sure Mark Hamill Looked at this And I'm sure Took a lot of things From this Into obviously His you know, his voice acting And the way he portrayed The Joker definitely. On the uh, on the main series Surely he had to Definitely
1: Definitely has Yeah he's taken yeah. it As this is what The Joker was supposed to be And how he's supposed To act and talk And stuff Completely agree mate Completely agree This is This is more This version of the Joker Is definitely more In Line with how he was imagined back in the day, and in the graphic novels, compared to the Nola Joker, like you say, which is a reimagining, a very mm. good reimagining. No one can take away how amazing Heath Ledger was that Joker. He was fucking amazing, and many people say that he stole that film away, yes. from, away from Bale, and those two sort of fell out about it, didn't they? Because he didn't like the fact that he was outstaged. But it's a different type of Joker, and that's why I will always prefer Nicholson's over um, Ledger's.
0: I think this Joker, albeit he's sick, he's more fun. You laugh. I mean, I mean, mm. I looked at it and I laughed more. Where he's Ledger's like, way more, way more sinister. But I mean, yeah. but yeah, this Joker. But the, well, he is sinister, obviously. But it's. Looking back at it now, I did laugh at some of the scenes that I may mean, have been horrified of as as a child.
1: Definitely, but if you look at like even the computer games they've done about it, like the Arkham series and stuff, it's oh yes. very much based on the Joker that um, Nicholson plays, as well oh, no. as it. so everything is based around that. So.
0: You you just don't like Prince, do you? G? That's what it's down to. <laughs> uh, I,
2: you know, I love Prince. I've got a lot of his a lot of his albums. Uh, but I, I think if you're a Batman fan, which you two clearly are, the chances are, and if I spoke to other people who are like big Batman fans, that they would, if I asked them exactly the same questions, they would say what you say with regards to Joker and stuff like that. And people who aren't Batman fans, or say into it as much as you. Will go my direction, as in the more modern Nolan trilogy, as uh, far superior, because because of you're not into the roots and uh, of what the films are all about and link oh. them with the comics and different things. But it's just yeah. I, I, so I don't think we're ever going to agree on that. It doesn't mean that it's bad at all. It's just my own personal opinion. But I mean they.
3: <laughs> is wrong.
2: <laughs> what the theory, theory
1: Oh dear, I'm fighting back. That's all. I just like you would with any of those films you love. I'm fighting back.
2: What a Top Gun?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh, wow, this is. I I I can taste the sourness between the two of you at the moment. Oh no,
1: I love him, but I
0: know I know.
2: So and. When they obviously they escape, and, and not much happens in the museum, just Batman escapes with her and they have a car chase. And they have a car chase in a Batmobile. And for, for once, we get rid of the the Batman 66 classic Batmobile, which, in my opinion, is the, the greatest of all time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The, what do you think of this Batmobile that looks like a massive penis?
0: It's... My, my, my daughter's seen this, I think, and the Tumblr. Um, and she, she preferred this one, but I think it was more to do with the fact that he goes jills and, and, and it auto drives to him it 's like the google the google car of, of the Batman one. I, I think it looks really cool awesome. um, I had it as a child um, as, as well, like in, um, the, the Hot Wheels or whatever version, and the slightly bigger version as well um, <laughs> and a lot of his uh, until the Tumbler a lot of batman 's vehicles were based on this when you actually looked at it it wasn 't that dissimilar, but then you can make an argument. That this was just a homage uh, um, to the 60 series because when you look at it, you, you had the flames from the back. It was black. It yeah. looked very sleek at the front. It was very streamlined. Um, you know, and and you know, yeah, and they had that, and that whole thing of, uh, going to the back. It was just in a almost cockpit rather than um, open.
1: And the funny thing about it is it was made from spare parts from old British or, well, old cars that were abandoned oh, wow. about and they had to sort of, it was all sort of pieced together. I think it had old Ford headlights that had been turned around the other way. I and didn't know, that is amazing. and stuff, yeah. I watched a documentary on it on um, YouTube, like the making them and stuff like that. And yeah, it was sort of all pieced together from, obviously not the fins and the cockpit, but a lot of the no, parts it on it. Were just, yeah, old bits that they found and said, Yeah, that looks all right and stuff. So yeah. it's, That's it's quite cool, but no, so I, it's, think, I, think I think it's, it's pretty
2: good. Yeah, I, I think, think it's, it's pretty good. I think it's just, um, I don't think it's as good as the Tumblr, which I think is as cool as, fuck, but the I, I think it's, yeah, I, I think it does what it needs to do. It's kind of fits in with the time and the era of this. Um, I don't think it's utilized a lot, um, but. You're never going to make everyone happy no, when it no. comes to the Batmobile because people—it's like Star Wars, the, the new spaceships or the the new like uh, Death Star and shit like that. People are always going to have some kind of problem with it. So you are damned if you mm. do. But no, I think it's it's pretty good. I like the way it corners, and I I could not think of what other film it might even be a Batman film of where it shoots out a cable and it helps corner the car. I I thought that was. Pretty good. I enjoyed that. But when they get um, to wherever they want to go, you've Batman falls down. He climbs up on this. Uh, this puts Vicky Vale on this platform. And did she see his face when the goons come over and he falls off the building? and They lift up his mask. Did they see? His, did she see who he was then? No,
1: because they don't actually pull off his mask, do they? No, they're just about to. Yeah. You see, his, you, yeah.
2: So I don't know whether that's why he takes her camera Because she's taken a picture of who Batman is
1: No, she's just taking pictures of Batman And he doesn't want any pictures of him So that's why he takes yeah.
2: it. Oh, okay And I think it's a terrible fucking fight Of when you get that ninja guy with the two swords Oh, yeah oh, I, towards I, him. <laughs> It's awful It's it Indiana really Jones, is.
1: isn't it? It's Indiana exactly, Jones you
2: took the words out of
0: my mouth Yeah, Sorry. yeah yeah. No, 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 no! I was thinking the exact same thing, Neil. I
1: don't, yeah, you can't the forget fighting. that. Unfortunately, that particular part, and it's it's not it doesn't just happen once in this film. It does happen again, unfortunately, doesn't it? But yeah, that's that,
2: the suit. That is the suit. You cannot move in that suit. And when he looks up at Vicky Vow, he bends all of his bloody body backwards in a really
0: awkward
1: position. I was going to say about that, Stu, just quickly. When you think back, when you think back to Star Wars and their original lightsaber fights and they were restricted due to the fact that they didn't want to break the lightsabers and compare them to the fights now, do you think that ruins those films when you look back at it?
2: What, what, no, nothing ruined Star Wars. The fights well, are really good, choreographed <laughs> Star Wars. But,
1: there, but I'm not. I'm not, no, no, not going to be funny here because I love Star Wars and I think the original trilogy is better than anything they've ever produced since. But when you look at it now, the fight scenes are pretty lame, aren't they? In yes. comparison, however, to what they do now. Go on, James. Sorry. Yeah, I would always argue about I think I think I'm, we, we made
0: this point um, not that long ago, but I was always argue about the lightsaber fight. It wasn't about the lightsaber fights, it was the story around the lightsaber fights, like Obi-Wan and, and that's what made it really awesome. But yeah, the fights themselves are a bit rubbish, but I think you don't really, you're not there, really you're, yes, it's nice to see your lightsabers but yeah, because you look at the fights in the newer ones, they don't mean anything the actual fights. It's almost like watching like a computer game, isn't it?
1: No, it's true. It's true, but it's just interesting yeah. to say because they had limitations due to they did their props, and obviously he had limitations due to the way they had to make the suit. If, well, I think you in can the first look at it Wars, both ways it's Alec Guinness oh, yeah,
2: who's fucking limited anyway, and yeah, but uh, even Darth as it gets Vader forward, I think it gets Luke. progressively good.
1: Yeah, but even the fight at the end when between Luke Skywalker and them. Um, and uh see uh fucking Darth Vader, it's crap. They spend most of the time just walking around each other. They don't actually do much fighting. What in jedi Return no. of the Jedi? Return of the Jedi. And even a to a certain it that, it may, boxes, I think. It is brilliant. It is brilliant, but what I'm saying is even even um Mark Hamill said himself. He wanted to be more acrobatic and do stuff, but they wouldn't allow him to do it because of the limitations of Darth Vader's outfit and they didn't want to break the lightsabers.
2: I don't remember them. Off the top of my head, I remember the the moving stuff around and cutting platforms down, but apart from that, I don't really remember much about the fights, to be honest.
1: Yeah, but uh, that's all I'm saying. It's, you know, you've got to... For what it was, with the limitations of the suit, I didn't have a problem with the fight scenes, other than the fact that they put that guy with the two swords just wank, moving him around, yes, and screaming because I I just spat out bloody Indiana Jones. But I it was funny.
0: I thought it was hilarious, but not in the. It didn't do the film (laughs) favors. Yeah,
1: it wasn't. I don't think it's supposed to be funny. If you see what I mean. No. was, But it wasn't. If you see, yeah. Yeah. But I kind of forgive. And I, I understand what you're saying, Stu, and I can't say that you're wrong. But for me, personally, it didn't really affect the film other than the man with the swords, because I, I understand the limitations they were under, very much like Star Wars. And I will never let those fight scenes take that away from the film, if you see what I mean.
2: Oh, I completely understand what you're saying. And it's uh yeah, again, it all comes down to, to personal opinion. <laughs> And to me, I would have liked a bit more fighting and stuff like that. And I know their limitations and I just think it's very awkward, but we're we're just not going to agree on that. But Bye. it does kind of get kudos back when um, Bruce Wayne goes round because he's been... Having a battle in his head. Do I tell her or not that I am Batman? And he's clearly got these feelings for her. And it's going to be a massive step to come out of the closet like that as to who you are. And as it, I, I do love the battle he's having, the conversation even he's having with himself of how to tell her. And again, it's Keaton being Keaton being Keaton. Absolutely brilliant. He does this so well, doesn't he? He, yeah. he's so uncomfortable with himself trying to, when you think how confident all the shit that he does in the Batmobile and saving people that the fact that he fumbles his lines when he's trying to tell her and he just comes across as a complete fool I, lo- I think it's so good, it's so well done
1: his acting's very good isn't
2: it mm. Definitely. It's, Definitely. it's brilliant it really really is and then it's ruined by Jack Nicholson and I think it's it's cheesy and it's tropey the fact that Um, later on when he gets shot it's convenient he picks up that train thank fuck he didn't get a headshot because he'd be dead but we could say that about so many other films (laughs) and it doesn't ruin the scene at all and and i do like the fact that to make sure that he comes across as a regular joe kind of thing that he picks up that poker and he kicks off against the joker knowing how dangerous he is
3: Mm.
2: i i think that is a really clever idea Let's get
3: nuts. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it.
2: (laughs) Kind of in the script and the way it's acted out, I think it's a brilliant, genius thing to do.
1: Yeah, no, it showed the other side of him, didn't it? Definitely. And the way he acted it was. And you didn't. I don't think anyone expected it at the time, did they? You didn't no, expect I didn't when to, I watched it. I didn't yeah.
2: expect it to do it.
1: I think even when you watch it now, you're like, why in the fuck is he doing that? It's mental, you know, but it's still a very good scene.
2: I didn't see him pick up that tray either. No, but that's it?
1: the whole point, was it? That was the suspense of it. it, it was, hmm. You think he's actually been shot and killed, but. He was he's too smart. He outsmarted him.
2: He did. Luckily he didn't get shot anywhere else. But I, I thought it came across yeah, really exactly well. Exactly
1: what I thought of the scene. <laughs> yeah. Shoot him yeah. in the nuts or the stomach or anywhere else and he's fucked. Yeah.
2: There you go. It could have backfired. And again, he looks so good, Jan Nicholson, when he's got all of his makeup on and he just doesn't give a shit. It's it, it just he he plays it so well because he's not just being over the top, and I love his purple suit and his green shirt. He just looks brilliant, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, he is brilliant. He looks the part, doesn't he? And he's he's such a good. He's just I can't get over it how good he is in this film. I will always say it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It, it, it's just think of the mistake of putting someone else in that role and how it would have turned out. It's it's no. really weird, isn't it? How fate the way it works
1: definitely you're completely right mate you're completely right if you put anything anybody else in there i just don't think it would have worked anywhere near as well as it did it wouldn't have been anywhere near as iconic
2: no and it's interesting what Nichols does and i do love the call because this is really about greed and people's principles. And I don't know whether I was looking into it too much, but the way he calls out on the news, again, he calls out Batman and in that fate, is it $20 million that he's going to yeah. give put out and yeah. from people fearing him and hating him for what he's doing, poisoning everyone. All of a sudden, as soon as he offers money up with the intention of killing them, uh, obviously the people don't know that, but suddenly he's loved and everyone turns out for his parade. And it really just sums up greed, which is a massive mm-hmm. thing
3: love a good party so truce commence au festival and i've got a surprise for gotham city at midnight i will dump 20 million in cash on the crowd don't worry about me i've got a we are not prepared to discuss any deals you heard it, folks. 20 million. And there will be entertainment. The Big Dookaroo. With me in one corner and in the other corner. The man who has brought real terror to Gotham City. Batman.
2: Go through all the different franchises, really. Of that, he doesn't give a, a shit about money. And it's just about the effect it has on people, it, which proves him right that. People's morals are exactly the same as his when it comes to money.
1: It's a, it's a tool, isn't it? It's a weapon he can use because he knows that anyone will pretty much do anything for free money, especially if they're in a city riddled with crime and struggling. And so, yeah, he, like he does in the in the the reimagining, he uses money, doesn't he? So it's very clever.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's really really good, and the fact that. He, I mean, over it kind of kicks Harvey Dent in the bollocks, really, that he's campaigning. He was campaigning to not have this fair go-ahead, wasn't he, the parade. Is that right?
1: He wanted it to go-ahead, but he was saying it was ridiculously over budget. And then the mayor cancelled the parade because of the amount of danger that, obviously, Jack Nicholson had to cause. There was so much fear that they had to cancel it, and that's why... He turns around and say, I'm not a bad guy. I'll put on the fate for free. You know, I'll do the parade <laughs> for nothing. And I'm giving away $20 million. You know, how bad am I? You know, I'm not hidden behind a mask. This is who I am and stuff. So he used, again, it, smart. I mean, it's a bit unrealistic in the sense that would you really go out and do that if he's killed people <laughs> with products? <laughs> but, you know, he's been savvy enough to you use that fear to boost his own self and fuck out and make the, the government look shit.
2: Yeah. I there was two things that I I, I kind of knowing that you're massive fans of Batman that I, I really wanted to ask you that Mm -hmm. because he, first of all, how did you feel about uh, Kim Basinger, Vicky Vale being brought back to the Batcave by Alfred now and then yeah exposed to to everything
1: i have the answer to this and the reason this was put in the film is because there was a writer's strike during during this so when they were filming it there was a writer's strike and during that time they had to bring in anybody and they decided that to move the film along and their relationship that they would in they would expose who Batman was to Vicky Vale and take him into the cave. But they interviewed actual writers of it. And they said that would never have happened in a million years. If I was still on the writing staff,
0: he was going to, yeah, because he was going to do that before, wasn't he? He was trying to tell her Mm. before the Joker interrupted him. Yeah. And Alfred had suggested and suggested it to him as well.
1: Yeah. Mm. So I think that part would probably have been in it, but I think, you know, obviously the Joker interrupts and he never got to say who he was because that's yeah. obviously him fighting himself. But yeah, originally he was she was never going to be allowed to be in the Batcave because the writer even turned around and said that would be been Alfred's last day on the job at Wayne Manor. If he just brought Vicky Vale into the Batcave, he would have been fired instantly.
3: Yeah,
2: that, that's why it was so perplexing to me that Alfred... Uh, and it sounds out of order, but Alfred just being a butler, yeah, knowing the stakes of everything, brought her in without his permission. It seemed a really strange thing to do, and he was really comfortable with it. It, it just yeah. didn't fit in with the mystique, and it it was weird.
1: Yeah, no, that was that was that was the pure reason it was done is because they decided to the writers strike were on strike, and they just decided that they wanted to go in this direction. And go away from the original sort of story of what you should batman 's about and stuff,
2: okay, and the other thing is that, and it's around about the same time as well as when he's watching the news footage um, on the t v and he 's just on his own, and then when he looks at Jack Napier and you get the flashback um of when his parents die, yeah, and that's when he says um, ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight that he he kind of links the two together doesn't he
1: again that was written in during the writer's strike
2: because it it was never joker or again correct me if i'm wrong who actually killed his uh his parents was it it was just a goon by chance wasn't it
1: something like that yeah and but they decided to write that into the script to make the battle between them two have more stakes
2: yeah
1: but it was never supposed to be in the original script and it was something that was written in because they got in a load of people that obviously weren't part of the writers guild to help during that part of of it or something or rather
0: it's a weird one i as a film contained in within that film Hmm. it doesn't I don't think it really hurts the plot. When you're just looking at it, it can play. however, when you just look at it, because, because it's about Batman, it does harm it, because yeah. it's, it's, um, it sort of goes completely against the grain of, of what we know.
1: Oh, de- yeah. definitely. Definitely. Yeah. As, as someone that know, or people that know of the, the story, but if you were watching it as a standalone film, James, you're completely right. It doesn't ruin it at all. Yeah.
0: If you knew nothing about Batman,
1: you'd be like, oh, wow, that's really bad. That's now, yeah. as you said,
0: that does up the stakes, but yeah, yeah. So it, it's a bit, it's like a double-edged sword that with well, that weird decision they did, isn't it? In a way, massively,
2: yeah. And and, and do you know what? It, it really annoyed me when <laughs> the, the, the Batmobile goes around this factory and drops loads of bombs and destroys it all, <clears throat> and it turns out that he isn't even driving it and it's being remote controlled. It just uh, to me, it seem a really bizarre decision. If he was driving it, it would just seem like there was more stakes there. But just to have it remotely go around the factory, I, I didn't understand the point of having that in there. It just, I mean, yeah, the car cars were control, but who gives a shit? We, we know that anyway. And it's it just fucking pointless. I, I didn't get, there was no odds, no stakes there.
1: I think well, you uh, will correct me if you're wrong, James. But I think you thought that he was in there, and then it was cool that he's after. He's like, oh man, that car is fucking awesome. It can even be driven around and Mm. blow shit up. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, the
2: opposite to that. I was like, oh, he's not in there.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, but you know, like you said, at this point, you'd already given up. You'd so you're gonna look at everything uh, at it in that sort of light potentially. Uh, that
2: was, I, I was still i was do you know what I, i'll always look at something and try and get the positives out of it and there's still positives in this film mm. there's not many at all now <laughs> but i was looking at it because it was i didn't remember any of it at all yeah and so it was wasn't a case of oh this next bit's fucking terrible because i didn't know what was going to happen um I love the fact that he's throwing the money out to people and people are celebrating and the fact that he's and I can take the fact that he's dancing on this massive cake because he's so happy knowing that all of these people he's going to murder, which is a really sick thought because he'll just take that money back once they're all dead. So it's just outright cold blooded murder, which I think's hilarious in a way
1: just goes to show how fucking sinister and vile he is, isn't it it's weird though isn't it the fact that there are no police there at all no he's uh, the most
2: wanted person at the moment yeah. you know and it, no one gives a shit
1: yeah that's the only sort of bit that really lets it down <laughs> isn't it that you've got this maniac and all his goons there with machine guns and stuff and there's not one person trying to stop him <laughs> doing it other than obviously batman when he turns up a bit later but i always thought like Surely, you know, they'd at least put a sniper on the roof or something.
2: But. Yeah, because you've announced on <laughs> national TV where you're going to be at what time and you're yeah. wanted and no one's there. It's a, especially as the commissioner and Harvey Dent goes on about him. It's just strange. But then we get, is it the Batarang, which I really like. I thought it was very stylish. I thought the fact that it was the bat um icon it was brilliant. Uh, and it doesn't do it too garish and too cheesy. I think it looks really, really cool. And yeah. it, I don't again I don't care about the special effects or anything like that because this is so old. I just think it looks really, really cool.
1: I had this as a toy, did you James?
0: No, uh, oh yeah yeah well the back no no not the backwing. Oh yeah I the had Die diecast Finally, I got the micro machine set. Oh did on you?
1: The two of them.
0: Yeah 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 the two of them yeah from Woolworths. I after had, Christmas,
1: uh, with my Christmas yeah. money, because obviously I was after watching this film, I was then obsessed with Batman as a child, mm. and yeah, I had the Batwing. It was fucking awesome. So yeah. yeah,
2: I never did. I can honestly say I. <laughs> it was. <laughs> brilliant.
1: I had this I in the Batmobile. On the Batmobile, you pulled the um, gear stick back in the cockpit, and it shot missiles out the front. Oh, That's did it. so
0: oh, cool. That's so yeah. cool.
1: Yeah, and it had to, the boot actually open, so you could stuff like the Joker in there if you. Beat him up and stuff.
2: It's brilliant. Right. It does look really, really good. I, I, I think the one thing that lets this down. or oh, first of all, I like the fact that Knox, the reporter, does have a go. He gets a baseball bat out of his car. Be it that it's very token gesture, that he actually gets to do something. Because most of the time he's portrayed as a really slimy reporter who's just trying to get in Vicky Vale's knickers, and um, mm-hmm. the fact he does fight back. I I, it's short lived, but I like the fact that he's given something to do because he's not a horrible character. He's quite a likable character.
3: Yeah. Absolutely. For the gutter
2: press, he's likable. Yeah. And it's it, one thing that I just thought, oh, for fuck's sake, this is so convenient. When the, the gas is coming out of the balloons and spraying down to the people. And it just happens on the front of the fucking um, back plane, whatever it's called, that it's got a massive clamp that you can handily get hold of balloons. It's just so contrived. That, 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 I laughed at that. I thought, for fuck's sake. I suppose surprised it hasn't got scissors on there as well, like a fucking Swiss army knife that can cut things. It, it, it's just nonsense. Well, it is like scissors because it,
1: it, it snaps the... It cuts the lines and they all float away into the atmosphere. So but did
0: Batman them. know that's how he's going to do the gas before he left in his Batwing? And maybe he's got different contraptions like a pen knife. You yeah. know... You know. To it um
1: it's it's comic you've got to remember as well shoot this is comic book if you go back to the 60s you had shark uh, repellent yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah i remember that doing that shark on his leg
1: yeah robin quick hand me my shark repellent spray he, he sprays it and the shark blows up but derives.
2: when i watched that i was like six and i believed it so yeah,
1: Still the same. I'm not, being, you know, all superheroes have things, don't they? And that Batman's known for his gadgets. That's why he has a utility belt because it's full of gadgets and stuff like that. So you, it's, you know, I, I love the fact that even when you watch Batman, Lego Batman movie, they even take the piss out of the. Um, shark repellent spray because Robin's in the Batcaves. Touch it. He's like, don't touch that. Oh, yeah. and he goes, can I have this? And he's like, yeah, you can have that. It's useless because it's part of the shark repellent spray. It's, it's genius. <laughs> it's you know, it takes. It's a franchise that can take the piss out of itself and, and stuff. But yeah, no, I think I I can see what you're saying, but I can't agree with you because it's Batman. He knows everything. He's got a tool for everything.
2: But. Again, we were never going to agree on everything, and
1: <laughs> that, that's
2: just that's just the way this this film is going to go. But I hope I'm giving it more love than you thought I would in the yeah. first place.
1: Actually, I am. I was expecting you to go. This is shit. This bit was shit.
2: No, not at all. I can't that believe been... this
1: bit, God.
2: No, no, that would just be <laughs> toilet to do that. I, I did think it let it down. I'm sh- surely you guys must agree on this. As he was going in to kill him how did he not kill him when he's lined up those guns those rockets on him and he didn't kill him and then he gets shot out of the air with his gun which a, a backplane or back jet whatever it's called shouldn't get shot out of the sky that easy i thought it, it was,
0: was the i don't think he was trying to kill him but it was reminded me very similar of when batman was going towards Joker in the dark Knight. Well, his, wanted,
2: his target yeah. lined up on him. He, when you look at the target, it focuses yeah. on the Joker. I know.
1: Yeah, yeah. He can't deny that because you would think, yeah. that, well, how bad is his targeting system if it if it misses yeah. when it's locked on? Granted, but you have to. I have to agree with James as well. Batman doesn't kill people. Generally, there are the exceptions,
0: but. Um, yeah, there's that one scene in Batman Returns, isn't it, when he, when he hands the clown the bomb and the, he's clearly <laughs> <died>. <laughs> you know he clearly dies. Do why it wasn't he able to really... kill him in this then? <laughs> so... uh, well,
1: we'll get to the end, won't we? But uh, oh, no, th- at this in, moment, he In that part, not...
2: his sights were lined up on Joker.
1: I think that is just where they just, bad decision making in relation to the filming. If they'd done it where he wasn't in a sight and he was just shooting to sort of intimidate him, without the site being locked on, it would have worked better. You're completely right. If you've added that thing where are saying it's locked on, it would have fucking killed him. I completely agree. It's just one of those stupid movie mistakes.
2: And I I couldn't understand why. And I I watched this, as I say, three times, and I looked on each time. He crashes... um, Again, I think it's stupid that the gun shoots the backplane out of the sky. I, I just doesn't make sense. But
3: mm-hmm.
2: and when it crashes on the ground, the the Joker um, goes to escape with Vicky Vale, and it looks like he kind of changes his mind. I mean, does he go up to the church because of the helicopter, or why does he go up on the church? What's the reasoning for that? Because it looks like I don't see why he goes on the church.
1: Oh, James, do you know? Because I don't know why he goes no, up there. No, I
0: don't. I don't know. I don't have an answer at at all. to I'm so sorry. Uh,
1: actually, the re- oh, well, wow. this whole scene, especially at the top of the bell tower, was all filmed in the way it was done, is because Jack Nicholson had gone to see Phantom of the Opera in oh, London. Okay. So this whole next bit is in relation to his. His viewing of the Phantom of the Opera in the theatre, and he wanted to play a hom- do a homage to that, and they agreed to do it.
2: All oh, right. So there, there's shame. your answer. Well, that's a shame. Um, yeah, I don't know really what to say about that. But again, when there's you get there's not to much the you can of, say. Is there's it? not there's really apart from it, it's a shame.
1: It but, is a shame. I completely agree. Yeah,
2: and, again, the fighting you get that the ninja guy come towards him and it's just it's, it's just not good the the, the the choreography there is just not good
1: and Do you know what the, i found frustrating about this bit sorry stu is the fact that he went up to the tower and said can i have a helicopter and make it 10 minutes because of how far it was up yeah. and yet there was loads of there was like about 10 guys up there already so why were they up there
2: yeah that was my next question i've got that written <laughs> down Considering <laughs> just, the stairs were destroyed, how the fuck did yeah. they get up there?
1: <laughs> they were already up there waiting just in case. <laughs> or was yep, that always plan? his plan? But it was just going to go up that bell tower no matter what. It was just, it was so weird when I watched it. And I love this film, but even I sat there and was like, what, why, why is the ninja man and the giant yeah. black dude here with a load of other cronies for no reason? It was, yeah. yeah
2: it, it was <laughs> really, really strange. Yeah, I, I, I and if it was a fan of the opera bit, I, I, the, when he's dancing with her around the church, I, that's really spooky and crazy, and uh, that works for me really well, but yeah. the, uh, nothing else does at the moment. It's just, I'm struggling to to kind of keep up with it. And it's interesting, the Batman scene, when he fights Joker, because, I don't know, Michael Keene isn't the, like, the biggest guy in the world, and it just seems like a an unfair fight it doesn't especially as it's like the the big ending to the film it just doesn't seem them two fighting just doesn't seem right it 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 doesn't work for me i know it sounds like being miserable and i promise you i'm not just hating this film it's just i don't get the aggression from michael keaton in this and joker doesn't put up a fight whatsoever he's not a fighter he's a shooter he's not a fighter
1: well, that's the point, isn't it? And because they wrote into the fact that he he's found out that he's killed his parents, it's almost like the uh, wrath.
0: Yeah. yeah, he's out of control.
2: Yeah,
1: what, which one's it, what?
2: He? Batman's out of control. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's lost it.
2: Yeah, and that's what's interesting that he does lose it, and it's and at the end, surely he kills him on purpose, doesn't he? You you don't when he tries to. They're all hanging off the side of that church. And when he goes to escape and he ties him with his gargoyle around the church, I mean, if the helicopter would have lowered a bit, he could have got away with it. I mean, if Bob the Goon would have been on there and he even did the same to Bob the Goon, he just shot him that. the same <laughs> way. That the I love
1: that. Yeah, it was brilliant. It's like the most trusted man and because he was upset. And that's that just goes to show how fucking mental he was. He just shot him point yeah. blank in the chest. I oh, thought <laughs> that was Sorry, brilliant.
2: Bob that was such a good decision to make, wasn't it? Because you get so comfortable with seeing Bob on the scene, saving the Joker. And they're such good mates. And as you say, Neil, for him just to turn around and shoot him because he's pissed off and didn't think of something. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. I just, (laughs) fucking hell, no one's safe. But yeah, (laughs) you, you think he's getting away with it. And he has some very good lines when he's hanging off the side of the church, I have to say. He's yeah. very, very cocky. And he gets tied with his gargoyle. And the goons on the helicopter, for some reason, even though he's got that concrete or cement wrapped right around him, they try and fly away anyway. It's like, Jesus <laughs> Christ.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. You have, to, you have to sort of look at it and think, oh, God, really? Did he kill him? Did he mean to kill him? I think that's the whole thing. I was on the fence of he was just trying to stop him getting away. And unfortunately, it was his goons being stupid enough not to see this giant gorgul, gargoyle hanging off his leg and landing on the roof or whatever and saving him is what actually killed him. But some people will turn around and say, no, Batman's the one that killed him. And he meant to. It depends how you look at it or what you want to believe.
0: I don't know. What do you think, Jay?
1: I don't know, really. And I think it's nice that it's a grey area
0: because we don't know. I don't think you wanted to kill him. It, it, it's almost... It, it, the scene felt very similar to the one at the Axis Chemical Factory I guess that yes. was on purpose yes it probably was James you're right actually. and I think yeah. it's good yeah and I think it's nice that you're not really sure you're not 100% and we're having this conversation because it wasn't so obvious and mm. I like it that they they both kept both those scenes fairly grey like you're not really 100% sure you will want to bet all your mortgage on it or your life on it you know either way so, maybe yeah
2: yeah. it's quite Conclusion. neutral I don't think Mm. he he did do it. I think at that time, in that position, there was nothing else Batman could have done Mm. to prevent Joker from escaping. Um, And it just happened. I think his death could be attributed more to his goons doing what they did um, than to what Batman did. So, yeah, I think that's... Batman wins that one with regards to taking no victims. You win yeah okay William. and when he falls to the floor you've got that
0: little <laughs> laughter box right? oh i love that, I do like that. Oh, That's a bag, so of yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> bag of laughs yeah very
1: good brilliant though isn't it Again, it's creepy yeah. isn't it yeah that face smiling up dead face smiling up just a bag of laughs going off in his pocket
0: Bag of laughs. well yeah i, I, I say so sad he died he's such a good he's such a good character isn't he and i think this is the only batman film with one big super villain character I, th- I can't think of another Batman film that just had one in.
2: It was an interesting choice. That mm. uh, I, I wonder whose choice it was that the Joker did die, uh, because he's such, he's such an iconic character. That why kill him? I mean, why wasn't he locked in Arkham for the next one? It, uh, whose choice was it that he should die at the end of this? Was it just pure out of revenge because he killed his parents? I mean, it's.
1: Yeah, I know it is an interesting choice, isn't it? But. I don't know. Maybe at the start of this, they were just going to do a one-off, and then obviously it it was critically acclaimed, and they decided to carry on. I don't know. I yeah. honestly don't know. It's a really strange thing. But then people talk about the Joker, and they no one actually knows who he is. And it, it, you look at like the Joker film, obviously, which is very psychological and yes. about mental. But you know, he's basically an old man, and he's turned into the joker but he can't surely be the joker so no people have taken on that persona and then you know gone on to do what they've done so perhaps they were going to go down that line of some mysterious character very much like Heath Ledger turns up saying I'm the joker but no one who knows who the fuck he is yeah
3: that's
1: and that's it, i don't
2: know and it's interesting at the end of this they come out with the the bat light. That shines in the sky being more accepting of batman where in previous films he's been mm. regarded as a villain mm. and someone to, uh to be frightened of and chased down by the police and everyone else it's again it's a different universe isn't it to what the ones i'm used to but it's, yeah, well it's they quite... even
1: use the bat the bat signal in the nolan trilogy don't they because they God's do it's always up there turning it on and that's
2: what i mean they destroy everything don't they um
1: yeah, but obviously this is at the very start of him mm. being Batman, in the sense of, of stuff. So it's it's how that light gets there.
2: Yeah, and it's a, a again a, a decision that puzzles me as to why they decided that Vicky Vale will meet Alfred and you, they kind of spend their life together, um, her and Bruce Wayne. It's it kind of was this going to be
0: a one-off film? I mean, was there a, a multi deal? Well, they pointed. I think they, even though they sign people for multi-deals, you, you do that, but you don't really know at the end of the day if mm. the studio is going to greenlit a sequel, do you? So yeah. I think even as actors, you can sign like a two, three-year deal, like a, like potentially Robert Downey did for the Avengers. But there's no, it's never guaranteed that there's going to be a sequel, is there? Definitely. Yeah, no.
1: She's not even in the second film, so there you go.
0: No. Yeah, no.
2: She was an interesting. Is Vicky Vale in the second film, and it's not her, no, or is she just not no, in it at all?
1: She's not in it. Um, it's it's. She's not in it at all. There's there. I think it is explained in there that she's like the relationship just didn't work off work out, and she's just done one. And So she will keep him his identity a secret because she respects and loves him, but can't be with him because of what he does. Yeah. But his love interest in that sort of love interest is more uh, Catwoman, who's Michelle Pfeiffer.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a, another film to be to be spoken about, definitely. <laughs> so that is the end. And, well, I can't believe, you've, I still can't believe you've gone and done it. Uh, Batman 1989. Um, I mean, who wants to go first? Scores on the doors. I really, really don't mind.
0: Go on, Jase. i give it. I, I, you know what? I'll give it a flat five. I really enjoyed it. Um, I know the thing. The thing about giving something a five, it's weird, isn't it? No film is ever going to be perfect. I don't think any film is perfect. But yeah. for the time, my little kid, where you know James as a young as a young child would give it a five, and watching it again, I watched it with a uh, with my daughter. We both really, really, really enjoyed it, and I think the fact that she enjoyed it so much as well helps me convince me to give it a five and she's watched all the Marvel films and she still really really enjoyed it so for me I think I think it's a five and also we cannot thank this enough because once again you think you have things like Blade, Spider-Man and this Batman thing had we not had this serious Batman film in the 80s would we have the Marvel Universe potentially not as it is now we don't know and I think that definitely helped to to take superheroes seriously in the cinema
2: no, yeah. I completely agree. I, I best bit,
0: um, best bit of the Joker. Worst bit, uh, <laughs> some of those fight scenes with the oh, the ninja oh, sword. Oh god! Yeah. 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 Oh god. yeah.
1: Go on then, Stu. What are you going to give it? Um, I'm going to give it a three out of
2: five. Um, Whoa! I know. See, I did I'm say shocked. I could surprise yeah, you.
0: Just.
1: Quietly. I'm I, I really. Glad I'm sitting down.
0: Fuck, you know, I was going <laughs> to say, fucking plot twist, motherfucker. That's like, that's. That, you know what? You know, I'm I'm more surprised at that than Ned Stark losing his head up
2: Game
0: of Thrones.
3: <laughs> but, uh,
2: <laughs> but there we go. But no, I mean, I went in this, uh, and I honestly really tried to enjoy it, and I, I didn't remember any of it. I, I did a lot of research before, uh, and. I I have to say, up to a certain point, which you've spoken about, I really did enjoy it. And you can't take away the the acting and from Nicholson or from Keaton. I thought they were both really, really good. And their screen time was really enjoyable. And it was nice for me to get a different take on the characters who I've been entrenched in from the Nolan universe. So uh, that's all I know. And it was a case of just sit back and embrace it and be patient with it because this is the universe that it's from and don't compare it. And when I did that, I I did actually enjoy it and I enjoyed the film a lot more than I thought I would. I thought it was a a really good film and you're spot on. If it wasn't for this film, I don't think we would have anyone else would have had the balls to take on um, anything else. And, And as I said before, Marvel were too busy going bankrupt selling their characters to everyone else so it shows what a ballsy decision it was and yeah the i think the suit does hurt the fighting and i the, the, i kind of rolled my eyes got over it and knew it was never going to be anything any good fighting but i loved the car i i thought that the back wing was really good um bearing in mind that it was a huge gamble to do anything like that and the design concept was really good and I, I i enjoyed the film i i actually did enjoy the film and i was i watched it three times for the podcast and it wasn't painful viewing i sat each time watched it all the way through and yeah i just thought it was a, a good film and i'm glad i watched it to be honest
1: well, that's nice to hear that's yeah. kind of, oh wow yeah. I'm really, really surprised at that, yeah. Stu. I really am. The way yeah, the vibes good. you've been giving off it was you thought it was a pile of shit. So yeah, fair place, you mate. I am wrong. And it's yeah, been a week well, for that, isn't it? it yeah. It has yeah. been a week. Yeah, it has been a week of being wrong. I agree. But so, oh, I
0: probably, yeah, sorry, Stu. The amount the
1: I I feel really bad now, the amount
0: of shit we got you, we gave you in our <laughs> WhatsApp group. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a cunt. Thanks for yeah. that. You made me he feel was, like
2: you yes. send an excrement through the post to my house.
0: Basically, yeah, basically. We do that anyway. Absolutely. Um, I will never. I,
3: yeah.
0: Yeah. I will never put yeah in the shape of a Neil and I will never put dog shit in a paper bag on your doorstep and light it. Now I'm saying so, yeah. we're so sorry. <laughs> <I apologize. laughs> but no, it's good. Go on, Neil. Go on, Neil. Yeah, it's it's are. five
1: out of five for me. Um, Nostalgia wise, this would get me anyway, and obviously watching it with a critical eye. I will be honest, I did spot a few more things that are questionable and some of the decision makings. But looking up the documentaries and stuff and the reasons behind a lot of those reasons they did things, it kind of explains it in what, a, <clears throat> excuse me, in a different direction it probably would have gone in if there wasn't a writer's strike and stuff like that. But um, I just love everything about it. I think Jack Nicholson is the best Joker by far. And I think Michael Keaton is sorry, I've got a cough <clears throat> as plays a brilliant Batman and Bruce Wayne. And yeah. He plays it very different to the Nolan saga. So you can compare the two, but they're very different homages of the same character. So, but i still, you know, he like James and you have both said this gave rebirth to Batman when all anyone outside of the comic book side of it. And I would have been at this point in my life because I was eight when this came out is the only one I'd ever seen is the sixties camp really slapstick thing on TV, which I enjoyed as a child, but I never, it never sort of stole my imagination. As soon as I saw this film, that was it. I was a Batman fan forever. And, you know, so I've got massive nostalgia and it, it, it's just brilliant so I'd definitely give it 5 out of 5 I think you have to watch this film if you like Batman or you haven't seen it before you must have been living under a rock um, best bits are Jack Nicholson and the setting and I think the worst bit's got to be the stupid bloke with his swords because it just does ruin it but um. yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'd say Do
2: you know, I never saw this at the cinema when it came out. I was 12 at the time. No, what time? What year what, was it? 1989? 89. Yeah. All right. I was, yeah, I was a lot older than that then. I was about 16.
0: And, so you are um, old enough to watch it then? Yes. Yeah. And oh. I never
2: went to see it. And I, I think it's purely down to the videos because they were really, really hyping up the Prince videos at the time. Um, And it's interesting because possibly had I seen this film and it captured my imagination, you could have all three of us here just... Kind of gooey eye talking about yeah. agreeing on everything, and and it's just yeah, what could have been, but um, but no, it's really really good to see, and I, I don't know. As usual, we don't know what's up next on the pod. Oh, we do! Oh, don't we, we do! We do! Neil, indeed. tell everyone what are we going to do? We... we have a trilogy. Is it a trilogy? No,
1: it's a double. It's a, a doubler. It's a doubler. It's uh Pitch Black and the Chronicles of Riddick are the two next films that we ah.
0: do. But there are three films in there, isn't there?
1: There is. There's a new one, but I don't believe that is available for us to watch at this moment So, Pitch Black. Oh, pitch Black. And the Chronicles. Really, and the
0: Chronicles. I oh,
1: okay. okay. Oh. Stu's never seen them. Because he, really? he doesn't like a particular actor that plays a major part within these. What, the one from Neighbours? Uh, no. She's in the no. French, she's
0: in Pitch Black. Oh, okay. No, oh, I the, wouldn't the, know the, who The bald
1: then. man. The Vin the, Diesel. The The right <laughs> man of Vin Diesel. No. <laughs> Vin Diesel? He
0: doesn't like Vin Diesel. But if you Why? go there. Why net- do
2: you like Vin Diesel? Uh, he's just so crumbled. He's has got as
0: much range as a bloody estate Granada. Ah. It'd be interesting because this pitch black was the first time I came across Vin Diesel. No pun intended. Yeah. You like that it? much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Those words, those words came out of my mouth I thought, <laughs> oh, fuck. I forgot what I was talking about <laughs> I thought shit I've been, I've been <laughs> mate straight away my king dies um, yeah um, yeah um, I it's the first time the first time I saw him in any kind of film because this is before Neil no, this is before the first Fast and Furious film isn't it it must be uh, I think I
1: believe it might have been before that
0: yeah oh it's going to be really interesting to see, to see what you think especially Pitch Black yeah, yeah it's not, not clear clear what they're written. about
1: It's Riddick because the Chronicles of Riddick is the new film which isn't available on Netflix yet. So that'd be the third in the franchise. So we're doing Pitch Black and then Riddick.
2: And they're all both available on Netflix UK at the moment, I believe. Yes, they
1: are. Yes, they are.
2: Fantastic. So that'd be Uh interesting. I I don't know what they're about. Um, So will I come back going, wow, these were amazing. I want to get the the books and t shirts. Don't don't
0: look at anything. Before you watch the first Pitch Black, don't look at anything. Don't look at any trailers. Don't read what it's about. Just watch it. Just see what you think. It'll be really interesting.
2: I certainly will. I certainly will. And that will be next week. Um, so check this podcast out. Obviously you will do, because you've listened to it already, so you have checked it out. So that makes no sense whatsoever. But we've got the top gun. We've got the the conclusion <laughs> of was it good or was it not good? Um, if you haven't listened to that yet, there will be two podcasts out this week. And... You'll find out. I'm not going to give anything away. If you haven't listened to that already, uh, be well into it. Blind, myself and Neil and uh, you'll get our thoughts on it.
0: So, James, have you seen Top Gun yet? No, I haven't. I haven't. I really want to. I've heard good things. Everyone that's watched it um, from, from my colleagues, a few of my friends, I've not had a bad word said about the sequel yet. But there
2: we go. Ah. Well, Neil watched it and I watched it and you'll have to listen to the podcast because... Rem- Neil Ooh. was full of hate, I was full of love and to see where it ended up. So uh well, yeah, we'll have two podcasts out, a bonus one this week. And if there's any trailers that we can find as well, we'll be looking at those um and again next week you'll get two podcasts. So for the price of nothing, no adverts, nothing at all, just free podcasts. So that's it. Before we go, guys, have you got anything to add? No. No,
1: it's been a pleasure to talk about batman i have to be honest so thank you very much yeah and i hope you enjoyed
2: it's brilliant it's been really good fun everyone take care enjoy if you do get them you're two extra days off some people won't due to the nature of what they do but if you do enjoy that enjoy the weather we'll be back next week two podcasts you take care